You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. We'll get to those stories in just a moment, but we begin with breaking news in Langley, where two people are very lucky to walk away from a crash landing. Julia Foy is live near Newlands Golf Course, where a small plane came down. Julia, this was a very close call. Was it ever? Hey, I'm right along the edge of the golf course here, and I've been listening to the small planes cross over. It's a very popular route for planes taking off and landing from Langley Airport. Now today, the longest day of the year, a beautiful afternoon, this golf course was absolutely jammed when around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they heard a plane, they knew it was in trouble, and as it passed low over the 13th hole, it crashed into some trees. Emergency vehicles rushed to the scene and they were able to locate two people that were able to get out of the plane. Now we have some pictures from above, but within the last couple of minutes, we also have some pictures of the plane from the ground. And as you can see, the plane is mostly intact. It's actually quite shocking because the plane was in a small green space in the middle of the forest. And the only damage that we could actually see were the ends of the wingtips were missing. At this point, we've managed to identify a name as Skycrest Aviation. We believe it's a flight school that was operating out of the Langley Airport. And the two men that we have some images of, we believe they're the pilot and one of the students. And I think everyone is just so thankful that it appears they've walked away from this crash landing basically with very few injuries. Now, we managed to catch up with a witness who heard it and saw it and knew that plane was in trouble. Uh, we were sitting outside having a nice afternoon, um, enjoying a little bit of relaxation when a plane took off over top and we could hear the engine was having a problem. And right away it alerted us or we jumped up and wanted to see what was going on. And so where did you go? Followed it over here around the corner so I could see on our 13th hole and look through the opening here and watch the watch it go past these trees and down towards 40th Avenue and then it was silent and kind of disappeared behind the trees at the background there and then and then you could hear the crash. Now the Transportation Safety Board will be investigating but Langley RCMP say it's pretty miraculous that this plane was able to recover after what appears to be a mechanical problem when they were doing touch and goes from the Langley Airport and they're very very thankful that everyone seems to have come out of this just fine. Back to you. No doubt. Julia Foy in Langley. Thanks very much, Julia. And some more breaking news. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team just announced two more arrests in the high-profile murder of Kieran Desi. IHIT investigators confirmed two men were arrested this afternoon for their alleged role in the murder of the 19-year-old. Desi was found dead in a burned-out SUV along 24th Avenue in Surrey back in 2017. Gurvinder Singh Dio and Talwinder Singh Kunkun are now both charged with accessory after the fact and disposal of a dead body. The two arrests are in addition to three members of the same family who have all been charged too. Desi's ex-boyfriend, Harjit Singh Dio, his mother, Manjit Kar Dio, and his sister, Interdeep Kar Dio. Now to the story a lot of people are watching. The first round of the NHL draft underway right now in Vancouver. And tonight the dreams of 31 young men are about to come true. Our Aaron MacArthur is live outside Rogers Arena where there's been a buzz all day long. Aaron. 
Yeah, that's right, Chris. All afternoon, the buzz has been palpable here at Rogers Arena. Now, it's all inside. Let's go, Devil! Yeah! The jerseys say it all. Fans from every city in the league in town hoping to draft a game changer. But it's only guaranteed for the top teams. Sound like Hughes, but I am prepared just in case. <laughs> just in case there's a curveball. The NHL draft is in Vancouver for the third time, and it brings out the whole hockey world. Fans, media, executives, all hoping to see the next great player. Yeah, for the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go over here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's so been to four of them, I've been to three. It's kind of starting to It's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, we can't really hear anything, but we can sort of, sort of like see what's kind of happening. Are, are they on the phones? What's going on? All that kind of stuff. So it's fun. The boss, Gary Bettman, spoke to Vancouver's business crowd, telling everyone league parity is key to what makes the NHL tick. And what we want our fans to believe, no matter where you are, and it's not a fantasy, your team at the beginning of every season, has a chance to make the playoffs. Every team does. For Canucks fans, there is still plenty of room on the bandwagon. Even the owners drinking the Kool-Aid. I think the dark days are kind of behind us now. We've got this great core of young players. But with tickets hovering above 150 bucks each, some people are calling out the team, saying the Canucks have forgotten who pays the bills. It is absurd, yeah. It's a little crazy. Seems like tight prices are, prices are coming down a bit now, but... They're still up there, 150, 200 bucks. We're pretty disappointed in the Canucks themselves and not hosting a better fan event for everybody to just come down and be a part of it. There's really nothing by them compared to like what Dallas and, and other hosts have done. Once the doors open, anything can happen. And the fans going in believe it too, whether their team's pick makes it to the NHL or not. Now, there have already been a few surprising picks in the top 10. The Canucks are up next at 10. They likely will get a decent, if not better player than decent, at 10. I'm sure Squire will have all the details coming up. Chris? That's right. As you said, Aaron, thank you very much for down there. The Canucks slated to pick 10th. They've just gone through the 9th, or they're in the process of picking the 9th right now. That's going to happen in the next couple of minutes so when it does squire will be in to talk more about the choice and how it factors into the future of our team all right surrey rcmp are concerned about the health and well-being of a three-year-old boy this is a picture of bryceine tone when he was about a year old he was last seen tuesday with his mother melissa sue seal and father dallas tone in the one uh, one two hundred block of 126a street in surrey his mom was last seen Thursday. His father last seen Wednesday. Bryson is described as Métis, three feet tall, weighing 35 pounds, and has shoulder length, brown hair, and brown eyes. Police believe Bryson is with his parents and not in any harm, but they do want to speak to his parents. We believe that the family is still in the Surrey area. Um, so if anybody in the public knows whereabouts of the family, if you could please contact our investigators, as we would just like to speak with the, uh, the parents. More than half a dozen witnesses taking the stand today at the Oscar Arfman murder trial. Arfman has pleaded not guilty to the murder of Abbotsford Police Constable John Davidson. Ramina Dea has more on the testimony from a police dog handler who released his canine into the suspect vehicle and the piece of evidence the judge has now ruled inadmissible. 
Day two of testimony from RCMP Constable Curtis Quanstrom, the officer choking up on the stand Thursday when he recalled hearing the police radio transmission that an officer had been shot. Quanstrom and his canine partner, a police dog named Falcon, some of the first members on scene after Constable John Davidson was shot in the back twice. The accused Oscar Arfman was shot in the police takedown. Falcon, a 90-pound German shepherd, entered the suspect vehicle through a window. Quanstrom told the court he commanded Falcon to engage, meaning bite, but the dog did not listen. Falcon started licking the suspect's face. Arfman was bleeding from a large gash to the head. Quanstrom testified he grabbed the rifle from the passenger side of the suspect vehicle, then tried to pull Falcon out of the window. In a separate matter, the judge gave reasons on a bizarre incident involving the accused last month. Madam Justice Ross ruling the evidence inadmissible. A sheriff had testified when Arfman was leaving the prisoner's dock in May. He said, I was wearing a black leather jacket and a Harley Davidson hat. What a dangerous F I must be. Crown said the comment was a spontaneous admission by Arfman. But Arfman testified his actual words were entirely different. I was wearing a black leather jacket. It sure as F wasn't me. The accused said he had no idea his mumblings in court could be used against him. While Arfman was found to be fit to stand trial, defense says mental health is still an issue. An outstanding mental health assessment called an NCRMD, not criminally responsible on account of mental disorder, is yet to be completed. Romina Dea, Global News. BC's police watchdog is now investigating a bizarre incident that unfolded at an apartment in North Vancouver. RCMP say a man with a knife entered the building on Fromm and 27th last night. He somehow got into three suites and tried to access at least one other. But when officers arrived, the man who's in his 40s either fell or jumped from the third floor balcony. No one else was hurt. The Independent Investigations Office has now taken over the case. It's been one year since Paul Bennett was shot and killed in the driveway of his Surrey home. The beloved hockey coach and nurse gunned down in broad daylight in a case of mistaken identity. Tonight, on this tough anniversary, Bennett's family opened up to our Jennifer Palma about what gets them through the days and the worst part of all of it. That was the best part of his job. Yeah. Darlene Bennett and her sister-in-law, Jackie Bennett, look at a special book created by her late husband's co-workers. Some days I can't believe he's still gone. This weekend marks one year Paul Bennett, a nurse, was shot dead in his Surrey driveway in the afternoon. Bennett was leaving his home sitting in his pickup truck when shots were fired. Surveillance video shows a silver Honda Civic speeding away from the scene. No one should have to see their husband sitting in a truck with bullet wounds. And ha- yeah, it, it just, you know, my kids shouldn't have seen that. My brother was an innocent man. The unsolved murder has left the family with so many unanswered questions, destroying the lives of Paul's wife, their two young sons, his elderly parents and siblings. It was not random, like a stray bullet or something like that. It was willful and willfully destroyed us. The community has tried to comfort the family as much as possible. Paul's buddies creating this special hockey stick chair 
Paul was a beloved coach. You're always looking over your shoulder now. You're always like aware that something like this can happen. The integrated homicide investigation team is looking into the matter but have no updates at this time. Paul Bennett had no criminal record and no ties to gang activity. IHIT says he was the unintended victim of a targeted shooting. I want justice for Paul, so I want them to have a strong case. I want them to be able to take this to court. And um, I want someone to be held responsible. So it's just going to take time. And although that's extremely difficult to wait, I have faith and I have hope. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Breaking news right now, though, from the NHL draft being hosted by the Vancouver Canucks. Squire Barnes joins me right now, live on set. The pick is in. <laughs> Who is this guy? Okay, Vasily Podkolzin is a Russian kid. He's a right winger. Now, at the start of the year, when you looked at the prospects, he was a guy, everybody was saying, okay, this is a top three guy. Mm -hmm. But he is signed to play two more years in the KHL. So that scared a lot of teams off. And when it fell to the Canucks at 10, they thought, okay, whoever we pick at 10, we're going to have to wait at least a year, maybe two, for the kid to come over and play for us, or he'll be in college, we'll have to wait, or junior will have to wait. So why not wait on this kid who's going to play in the KHL, which is probably the second best league in the world, so we'll let him develop there for two more years. Maybe they can make a deal and pull him out after next season. Who knows? But there's a lot of scouts around the NHL who think, you know what? This guy might be a steal. Just the way Elias Pettersson was a steal a couple of years ago at number five. Now, there are also some scouts who always say, drafting Russians can be a bit iffy sometimes. They seem to be one of two ways, either great or they go the way you don't want them to go. The hockey's not always a problem. Sometimes integrating can be a problem. Well, we saw that with Triamkin. Exactly. Anyway. Say his name again so we get the pronunciation. Vasily Podkolzin. Nailed it. All right, thanks very much, Squire. More coverage coming up in sports, I'm sure, and uh, throughout the years. We cover the Canucks. Thanks very much for that. The federal government is now looking at revisions to Canada's new drunk driving laws that give police power to pull over any driver and force the driver to take a breath test. It comes after yet another troubling story involving a driver who has severe breathing issues, pulled over twice recently, and charged. Richard Zussman has the story. Struggling for breath is something Jimmy Forster is used to, but he didn't think his severe asthma would lead to this. Love the car. That's why I pulled over and for no reason at all. The 63-year-old has been pulled over twice recently in his hometown of Chase in BC's interior, both times without showing any signs of impairment. He was told to blow into a breathalyzer. Forster says he was not impaired, had committed no traffic infractions, and the police officer's note show no suspicion of drinking. I was blowing so hard so many times I started getting dizzy. I felt like I was going to fall over. I felt like I was going to fall over. Then he gives me, he charged me. He had a tow truck come and take my car away. By failing to make the machine register, Forster broke the law and had his car impounded. The new law brought in by the federal Liberals last December allows police to demand a breath test of any driver they pull over, no longer needing suspicion that the drivers consumed alcohol. A pair of Victoria lawyers are challenging it. Forster, the second constitutional challenge in Canada. 
This case was particularly egregious as uh, we do not believe that the, the vehicle stop was lawful in the first place. The federal government's well aware of the growing number of cases and is currently looking for a new way to measure drunk driving. We now have two devices that are being that are that are being tested um, and we'll continue to we'll continue to move forward looking at other ways of, of testing. But there isn't much hope from these lawyers that Ottawa will make any substantial change without being forced by the courts. I would hope that they would. At this point, I have no reason to think that they're going to proactively make that change. Forrester uses a wheelchair now, his asthma making it impossible to walk far distances. His hope, this story will force the government to change the law. I'm not doing it for myself, I'm doing it for everybody else too, which, who has got the same problem I do. A growing list that may soon get too long for the government to ignore. Richard Zussman, Global News. A traffic tie-up to tell you about in Delta this morning that's pretty unusual. Our Global One helicopter captured the scene. A mama duck and her three ducklings trying to cross Highway 91 just before Nordell Way. A driver pulled over to help and several other vehicles stopped to let the family across. Thankfully, all the ducks made it to the other side unharmed and no accidents were caused by the surprise stop. Well done, drivers and helpers. A B.C. senior is going public tonight as a warning to others about a common computer scam that might pop up on your screen. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrea, is here with the story. This is, it's hard to watch because you feel for this woman. Yeah, she felt so violated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully we can warn others. Thanks, Chris. Our victim is a retired professional living in Mission. She doesn't want to be identified, but wants to go public in the hopes of helping others avoid her nightmare. She was on her computer when a message popped up saying she had a virus and gave her a number to call to have it fixed. Well, she called the number and paid $1,300 to a company called PC Fix. 24-7. She then got a phone call telling her it was a scam and she would get a refund, but was disconnected before she could get any details. She called PC Fix 24-7 back and was offered a refund of just half her money. It was one of the worst days of my life. I felt violated. I felt embarrassed. I felt stupid, and I don't want anybody to feel like this. It's a horrible feeling. You're being manipulated, you've been tricked, you've been pretty much tricked out of over a thousand dollars, and then you're wondering, you know, is it that, you start to question yourself, you know, are you too naive? You know, you start to wonder if it's that, you're, it was that easy for the person to get that money from you in the first place. So it does put, you know, victims in a very precarious situation. Now, our victim wants viewers to know there is help out there if they fall victim to the scam. The good news is her bank, CIBC, agreed to reimburse her the $1,300 because she's a longtime customer and put her in touch with the credit bureau to make sure she's protected from further fraud. The Better Business Bureau says legitimate tech support companies don't cold call or contact you out of the blue. If you do get a pop-up ad, take your computer to a legitimate tech shop and have it checked over. And if you have a consumer issue for me, there's my email address at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, and thank you very much for that. The Vancouver School District is marking National Indigenous Peoples Day by unveiling some striking new landmarks at its education center. 
The district has installed a reconciliation pole and two welcome figures in honor of truth and reconciliation. All three are carved from three to 500-year-old cedar logs, and they're intended to be a constant reminder of the district's connection to First Peoples. Vancouver MP Jody Wilson-Raybould was among the guests on hand for the historic unveiling. Such a great day. This is extraordinary. Congratulations to the Vancouver School Board. This is fantastic. And today we have a lot of our Native children that are far removed from their home communities. And uh, by erecting these uh, house posts and totem poles, that it, uh, it creates the... Uh, the real live vision in regards to these lands were occupied for centuries. Well, these spectacular pole and welcome figures were created by artists Crystal Sparrow, William Dan, and James and Rick Harry, and they are believed to be a first for a Canadian educational institution. They are quite striking indeed. Okay, it is the first day of summer and the longest day of the year. A great night to get out and enjoy it by the water. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is live at Vanier Park tonight for the opening of Bard on the Beach. Christy. That's right. Opening of uh, Shakespeare in Love. Uh, Bard on the Beach is so exciting. They've 30 years that they've been around, and I've got someone here that needs no introduction. This is Christopher Gaze. He is the founder and artistic director of Bard on the Breach. Congratulations to 30 years. You've been here since the beginning. Um, tonight, opening night of uh, Shakespeare in Love, we've got some visuals uh, showing that uh, performance. So tell us what people can expect from this year. I know you had a record-breaking year last year. We did. We had uh, well over 100,000 people last year. Of course, we had that Beatles As You Like It production. But this year, we've also uh, caught the attention of all theatre goers too, with Shakespeare in Love tonight, of course, opening night tonight, very exciting, Shall beautiful romantic to, uh... comedy, uh, and people rem remember the film from about 20 years ago, and uh, mm -hmm. this is the stage version of it, so it's very accessible. Uh, and of course, last week we opened Taming of the Shrew, mm -hmm. big success right. in our small theatre, the Howard Family Stage, Douglas Campbell Theatre. All's well that ends well. It's set in India in the time of independence. And, uh, and then finally Coriolanus, uh, which opens in August. Played by a woman, I might add. Well, you've got four strong woman performances this year. We uh, certainly do. And you said, so performances are almost every night with on the weekends, two nights, uh, or sorry, there's the matinee and the night. Uh, so four different performances. Come check it out. Tonight is a beautiful night, but even when it's raining, it's spectacular. Thank you so much, Christopher. Pleasure. Take a look at this massive explosion at a Philadelphia refinery. It happened shortly after a fire broke out at the largest refinery on the U.S. East Coast. The pre-dawn blast jolted people from their sleep as far away as New Jersey. The fire's been burning all day and night. Dozens of firefighters working amid that mangled and charred wreckage trying to put it out. Remarkably, no serious injuries are reported. Donald Trump says tonight that he was the voice of reason that prevented a U.S. military strike against Iran. The president saying he called off an attack in response to Iran shooting down a U.S. drone when he was told how many people might die. 
Overnight, high drama inside the White House. President Trump on the brink of ordering airstrikes against three different sites in Iran, responsible for shooting down that unmanned American drone. The president tweeting they were, quote, cocked and loaded to retaliate before he called it off, telling NBC's Chuck Todd why. Nothing is green-lighted until the very end because things change, right? So you never gave a final no, order? No, 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 no. But we had something ready to go, subject to my approval. They came and they said, sir, we're ready to go. We'd like a decision. I said, I want to know something before you go. How many people will be killed? In this case, Iranians. They said, uh, came back, said, sir, approximately 150. And I thought about it for a second. And I said, you know what? They shot down an unmanned uh, drone, plane, whatever you want to call it. And here we are sitting with 150 dead people that would have taken place probably within a half an hour after I said go ahead. And I didn't like it. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was proportionate. The U.S. says Iran shot down the drone over international airspace, which Iran disputes. Now the president sending this message to the Iranian regime. I'm not looking for war. And if there is, it'll be obliteration like you've never seen before. But I'm not looking to do that. But you can't have a nuclear weapon. You want to talk good, otherwise you can have a bad economy no for the next three years. N not as far as I'm concerned. No preconditions. Now, Democrats are demanding the president get congressional approval if there is any military action, but offering uh, rare but, praise uh, for the president. A strike of that amount of collateral damage would be very provocative. And I'm glad the president did not take that. Tonight, senior administration officials say all options are still on the table. In Health Matters tonight, a brand new mother and father in Nelson are celebrating their blessed event times three. As Jordan Armstrong reports, the fact they had triplets through natural conception, a rarity in itself, isn't even the most remarkable part of the story. <laughs> Dad's t-shirt says it all. Having three babies is draining. Oh, well, the universal uh, reaction uh, from people when we told them about the triplets was one of... Uh, Acceleration and then and then abject pity. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Meet Ainsley, Olivia, and Abigail, born May 8th at BC Children's Hospital to first-time parents Catherine Vanderveen and Ein Baird. Third pregnancy, but first babies, and we got three. <laughs> we decided to try one more time. What could happen? Identical triplets are exceedingly rare. It's been four years since the last set was born in Canada to a couple in Salmon Arm. The odds of the type of triplets that we had are one in two million. What happens quite often with multiples is they'll be in the same embryonic sac, which is quite dangerous because then their umbilical cords can get wrapped around each other. But with us, they all had their own little home within what we called their bachelorette apartments. Speaking of homes, a bigger one is needed. The family from Nelson will soon upgrade to a three-bedroom unit. A challenge they're still grappling with, though, is how to tell the girls apart. We've tied embroidery thread around their wrists so we know the different colors. And as they get older, we're going to use nail polish. But when they get to the age where they're able to be mischievous, we're in trouble. <laughs> Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Any dog owner knows some pets will eat just about anything, but you'll be surprised what Mortimer was snacking on that landed him on the operating table. That's coming up right after the weather forecast. From outside at beautiful Vanier Park, where Bart on the Beach is about to get underway and has been for a little while. Beautiful night for it, Christy. 
It sure is. What a way to kick off Shakespeare in Love, one of their big performances here, along with Taming of the Shoes. Blue sky for the first day of summer, and I can't believe it. It's feeling super hot out here, although it's only reporting 21 degrees at the airport. Tomorrow, you can expect a similar day, but that's not the case across all regions. And look at this. First day of summer, signature didn't feel like it this morning in some areas. Elkford, B.C., which is... In the southeastern corner of our province, just north of Sparwood, woke up to snow. And that's that big upper-level trough that brought the snow to the connector and to uh, Big White this last couple of days. That upper-level low is shifting out, and that's why we're seeing the sunshine here. Most areas across the province were pleasant today. All of the action was in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Now, we are going to see a change tomorrow, especially across northern parts of the province, back towards showers. So mainly cloudy, a chance of showers. And in the southeastern corner, Columbia, down through the Kootenai region, we have a chance of showers with a risk of thunderstorms. But it should be nice and through the Okanagan Valley with temperatures near seasonal. And that's the case across the south coast also. So we'll, we'll see some cloud cover tomorrow, Chris. Mostly dry with plenty of sunshine, though. And then Sunday, Monday, we drop down again. So it's a bit of back and forth over the next little while. But that's normal for June. We want normal this time uh, because it really does mean at least some moisture for our area. Back to you. All right, thanks very much, Christy. A Massachusetts family was concerned when their three-year-old bulldog Mortimer stopped eating. Medication didn't help, so the veterinarians took an x-ray and they saw this, an unusual mass in his stomach. They managed to remove it without surgery, pulling out no fewer than 19 baby pacifiers. The family thinks Mortimer had been taking the pacifiers from the family's two children over the course of months. And he's doing just fine now, by the way, is back at home. No more pacifiers in the diet. All right, the draft lottery. Remember the drama <sighs> that? We couldn't pick higher than 10th after all, and uh, I guess it remains to be seen what we got. Well, um... Yeah, we have to wait a couple of years to mm -hmm. find out what we got. Uh, it would have been more fun, of course, if the Canucks had won the draft lottery, but they have had... Very good players still available to them when they have selected the last couple of years. Quinn Hughes last year at 7th, Elias Pettersson, Rookie of the Year at 5 the year before that. This year at 10, as we mentioned earlier, another player scouts thought would be a top three guy earlier in the season, but he fell down the rankings and was taken by the Canucks at 10. Russian right-winger Vasily Podkolzin. Many think he is a steal at 10, but he will stay in the KHL for two more years. Vancouver Canucks draft from St. Petersburg of the KHL, Vasiliev Potsdolfev. Stan had to check his notes there to remember who the kid was. A mixed reaction by the fans who uh, know their hockey, but Pod Colson is a Vancouver Canuck. There you see Quinn Hughes giving a pat on the back. So the Canucks felt, listen, any kid we take at 10, we're going to have to wait on anyways. We might as well wait on this kid. He is signed in St. Petersburg in the KHL for two more years. As we said, at the start of the season, a lot of people thought this guy is a top prospect, but because he struggled a bit in higher Russian leagues, people began to sour on him, but he is now a Vancouver Canuck. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the first round before the Canucks selected Pod Colson. There really wasn't much drama in the first two picks. The New Jersey Devils had number one. Their target was Quinn Hughes' brother Jack. And Martin Brodeur, trivia note, when he was drafted by the Devils, he was drafted in Vancouver in 1990 at BC Place Stadium. He made the selection. The New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. Well, he didn't need a piece of paper to remember. 
Nope. I'm not knocking it's Dan. He was, it was all about the name. There's Quinn Hughes hugging his brother Jack. So he's number one to New Jersey. No surprise there. No surprise that the Rangers went with the Finnish sniper Capo Caco as the second pick overall. He may be more NHL ready than Hughes. Uh, Kirby Dodge, Western Hockey League guy to Chicago. Then Colorado Avalanche are proud to select from the Vancouver Giants, Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. Fourth overall, Burnaby Joe takes Vancouver Giants Bowen. So he is a Colorado Avalanche. They're uh, loading up on defensemen in Denver. Alex Turcotte to the Kings and Whitehorse's Dylan Cousins. First Yukon guy to go in the first round. He is a Buffalo Sabre. Congratulations to him. Oh, the Canucks said today that Alex Burroughs will be put in their ring of honor this coming season. The uh, Sedins will also have their number retired this season coming up. We don't know the date yet. Burroughs was... The best winger the Sedins ever had. Played 822 games as the Canucks scored some of the bigger playoff goals like that one in the Stanley Cup final against Boston. Ironically, on draft night, this guy was never drafted. Had to just prove his way into the NHL. Mike Riley back in Edmonton. Eskimos-Lions. Friday night football. Riley. Brian Burnham. Gets BC close. That sets up one of the other new guys, Lamar Durant. The former Stampeder, local guy, makes the catch. That's a TD. Lions would get a two-point conversion off of this as well. One more look. A little bit of a high snap, but Riley pulls it down, finds his man. It's now 11-0 for BC. First quarter. The Whitecaps have five players on international duty right now. Four of them are with Canada at the Gold Cup. Zach McMath will start in goal tomorrow against Colorado. Jordy Reyna is healthy. He'll likely start for the first time since April 27th. Now, the Caps haven't played in 22 days, but they did need the break. They played seven games in May. I think that's a record for that team. Since the last game they played, they've kind of had like a second training camp. They've had 13 training sessions. Colorado, as we said, coming in tomorrow, a much better team than earlier in the season. Vancouver beat them in early May 3-2, but the Rapids have won four of their last five. They're just three points away from us. So they win four games out of their last five. When that happens, it switches a lot. So we're very aware between us that it's not the same Colorado we faced uh, when we were there. Uh, different type of team. The, uh, some additions and some good additions that help their team. So we're aware and we're going to be ready for the game. Quarterfinals at the Queen's Club Tournament in London as they're gearing up for Wimbledon. Canada's Felix Auger-Aliassime taking on the top seed Stefano Tsitsipas of Greece. And Felix won the first set 7-5. Second set. Felix with a big backhand here. That's nice down the line. 7-5-6-2. He takes on Spain's Feliciano Lopez in the semis. Lopez knocked out Milos Ronish. Otherwise, we would have had an all-Canadian semifinal. There you go. Action. All right, thanks very much, Squire. Just Squire and I tonight. I know, it seems like rather great. lonely. It is rather lonely. So it's like yeah. sitting in a club and it's just us at a table and there's no one on the dance floor and there's some lonely DJ playing some music over there. Here it is. Here it just is. Us. Sophie and Christy, we'll, we'll talk to Christy in a minute. Sophie, we hope you get better. Take it away. Okay, so um, I think maybe last week or the week before we showed you a commercial from AT&T where they combined a bus accident and a musical. Well, tonight <laughs> they combine a kid's show and a Western. You'll see what I mean.
Apaches are coming, boys. Louise, what happened? Well, I don't know, Chuffers, but we gotta get back on the track. What? Uh, Gracious. Uh. Gotta get back on the track. Gotta, gotta get, get back on the track. Gotta get back on the track. Gotta get back on the track. The rails went bang and we sure took a whack. But we As much as I like a good Western, you can't beat singing trains. No, you can't. It is can't. No, you can't. Okay, I relate to this next commercial very well. It's from Nest TV for you show. When I was in junior high and high school, there was a girl, I won't mention her name, I always thought was... Awesome. Awesome, and I never had the guts to say one thing to her my entire life. So <laughs> I, 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 I relate completely to this Nest TV commercial. Here we go. Had a crush on that girl for months. What a day But you're super scared to ask her out Just one day So you crack open that ice cold nest tea And you drink it <sighs> Nope, still scared Let's be real It's fruity and it's refreshing and flavory But nest tea can't help you find your bravery Nest tea, keeping it real since forever I mean, I didn't get a Nest T ad out of it, but anyway, okay. And you're not giving up her name nope. either. Nope, nope, nope. That's a long time ago. She, does, she, does, she doesn't need that. Um, okay, so here's two old favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, one from Bud Light and another one that concerns dating from Doritos. Here we go. Here we go. Endless refreshment from start to finish. Bud Light keeps it coming. Transmitir una energía muy positiva. Atende, atende tranquila. Hola. Hola, hija, todo bien? Sí. Decime, saliste bien abrigada? Obvio. ¿Tuviste algún problema con el auto? Maybe it's date night down at Bart on the beach. We'll check in one more time with Christy before we sign off. Christy, how's it looking down there? 
great. You know, this is one one of the things that makes Bard so special is you can come down before the performance in the open air here, have a glass of wine, mingle, and then go in and enjoy, of course, the backdrop of the beautiful uh, uh, city and as the sun is setting. So back to you, Chris. What a great night down here at Bard for opening night of Shakespeare in Love. I guess we could say as well that all's well that ends well. Thank you very much for watching and have a good night.